This is the Neanderthals Destroyed Atlantis Podcast, Episode 2. Prison Pit and Blubber. By Johnny Ryan and Gilbert Hernandez. This episode is on Prison Pit by Johnny Ryan, a complete collection, and Blubber, a trade paperback and single issue which covers issues one to six by Gilbert Hernandez. Based on the scenario Freud set up in Civilization and its Discontents, the biggest influences over our psyches is Thanatos, the death instinct, and Eros, the sex-slash-erotic instinct. I see Prison Pit and Blubber as companion volumes in reference to these Freudian concepts, which obviously have been thought and written about by many other writers. An infantile impulse to repeat is present in both books. There is more story structure to Prison Pit, in that we follow an anti-hero through a path of violence until there is a final orgy of violence, a boss battle, and a conflagration. The anti-hero, Cannibal Fuckface, doesn't know where he is or why he has been condemned to the prison pit at the beginning. The idea of change in the plot is the introduction of a new enemy slash foes slash other and the eventual killing of them by Cannibal Fuckface. A different enemy means something else is happening. Eventually, Cannibal Fuckface has a final battle and kills a slew of the foes he faced previously. His final pose at the end of the battle, standing on a field of mangled corpses, is captured in a fantastic splash page. In this world, everything is violence and death. There is no sex eroticism, per se, except in the form of phallic symbols as weapons, clubbing, stabbing, shooting things... Imagine taking the childhood impulse played out in mostly male doodles of tank battles, swords slash gunfights, bombs exploding, the rending of flesh and limb with accentuated droplets of blood, splatters and puddles of blood. Imagine thumbing through a volume that contained all of these types of children's drawings ever done. Yes, there would be a lot of repetition, monotony of format and composition and materials, but the collective effect would be unsettling. Ryan creates a morose, remorseless, amoral stage or barren landscape, minimalist yet richly, wonderfully rich in scale. Ryan's inventiveness, and I assume enjoyment in making this excellently drawn comics, have has something to do with inventing slash designing of characters, vehicles, weapons, depictions of violence, specifically how to show injuries, maiming, impaling, ripping slash tearing, decapitating. Ryan's drawings are precise. Backgrounds are skyey forms built from finely wrought fields of curved slash straight lines. Often there is an irregular field of white behind the main figures from the horizon line to where Ryan wants to depict aerial effects. Volume on the figures is suggested with a solitary or paired patch of shadow delineated with carefully drawn angled straight lines. A popping vein adds to the volume of limbs and torso. Almost every figure drips blood from somewhere on their bodies or weapons. 
Armor or the bodies of some dwellers in this space of death have spikes, blades, teeth, partnerships between one or two background characters, mostly just there to soon die, do not lead to protection of the group or success of the group. Mass killing with gun-like appendages or attachments to vehicles is rife. Betrayals are quick and inevitable. The body of Cannibal Fuckface is transformed by a parasite he swallows. This process of violent assimilation is a key plot element in that Ryan creatively depicts the changes visually. After getting his arm severed, the parasite morphs into a weaponized arm, a replacement he puts to good and frequent use. Eventually, his penis is changed into a comically large pencil spear-like shape, which somehow doesn't make encounters with other characters afterwards awkward by way of cliché one-liners. This world is humorless and bleak. Segments of his body begin to crystallize, which brought to mind J.G. Ballard's book, The Crystal World. When the pointy dangus becomes part of Cannibal Fuckface's design, readers get accustomed to it because no characters make mention of it. This is a natural evolution of form in this world. Characters are violently assimilated slash transformed by one another. Memories exist either to aid or inspire the pursuit of someone or to make revenge meaningful. Cannibal Fuckface is hooded in blood throughout the story and perfects the act of killing. The story ends with a boss battle and then a giant abstract geometric being slash form rises above the prison pit and explodes and takes out the entire planet, solar system, and galaxy. Ryan makes it all blow up. Blubber consists of pure id, uninhibited by moralism, neurosis, or psychosis, a sense of possession or ownership, the violating of personal space or normative concepts of rape. One does what your genitals want, and there is no questioning of it or use of it as a message about power slash society from the artist. Another sex act happens, some funnier than others, but all are imbued with a matter-of-fact monotony and contrasting celebratory air. Genders are meaningless. Many panels are filled with images of tit-fucking, anal and vaginal penetration, blowjobs, so many blowjobs, 69ing, and the accompanying sound effects. Some realistic, ooh, ah, some absurd, guab, plob, guarp. This perfection of childhood doodles inhabits an adjacent psychic space to the one where the earliest libidinal impulses compel us to draw dicks and tits. What comes from the perfection of naughty scribbles? They're probably done as much as violent scribbles are by children and teens. What is behind them? Why do we do them or want to look at them? Are there still millions of people who do or look at naughty drawings? We know of the wild abundance of pornography viewers. The casualness of the drawing style here, ink drawings, no color, is what makes them fun and is also a marvel when considering the years and years of practice that led to it. Bodies of imaginary creatures, brilliantly rendered and designed, that are simply there to suck and fuck or kill and maim, and the humanoids throughout are delineated with crisp outlines, no shading. Backgrounds are sparse, a few dashes and dots. Facial expressions are rendered simply and concisely. The slight wincing face depicted with a straight shadow over a slightly closed eye due to a cottonly cloud of a particularly rancid fart stands out. Female characters make themselves bulbs of gas as their stomachs sprout, and we watch Hernandez play out a fixation on the female pregnant form and see how absurd his exaggerations of and riffs on it can get. 
The random, infrequent insertions of informational or sobering non-sequiturs that are out of context in a context that barely exists are funny every time they appear, some funnier than others, through deadpan and pacing. Michael Parks, portrayed Jack Kirby in the Oscar-winning film Argo, appears in a panel having zero to do with this text, and with a blowjob and orgasming or an orgasm appearing in the panel immediately before it. Oog. We are not in a place per se in blubber. We are in the midst of an almost mechanical exchange of genital gratification, with plenty of violence, castration in particular, throughout. Every character, whether they are individualized or anonymous creature types, is mostly jolly about this. Semen is presented regularly, not unlike the spreading of icing with an angled icing spatula and cake-making demos. It explodes, sprays, besmirches, fills the cavity of characters' skulls or anuses or mouths, anuses brimming with jizz, mouths sloppily outlined in semen. Erect penises are accommodated without hesitation. There is no question of action or purpose. A panel play of cocks are jerked, inserted, and sucked almost every other panel. Vaginas are licked enthusiastically a lot, but not as often. So much tit-fucking and self-tit-fucking. There's a certain resignation the characters express on rare occasions. This is what is done here. This species main purpose is sucking cock. This one's purpose is sucking up brains. Hernandez almost taunts us with the frequency of tit-fucking. Is he doing that again? The almost impossible-to-learn visual shorthand Hernandez uses is breathtaking, as is the humor, comedy of shapes and forms, and completely unabashed acts of fornication. There's thigh and bicep fucking, much mouth fucking, balls are mostly ignored, strangely enough. Penises are mostly large or gigantic, but they are everywhere, and many asses get eaten. This house of mirrors of sorts has the image of the penis on almost every reflective facet. This is a timeless place where environments slash backgrounds are almost irrelevant. Blubber is pure joy, and the joy is completely removed from the banal routines of ordinary life. No laundry here, no paying taxes. It's timeless and mechanical, playing out of having orgasms. No foreplay needed, no hashing out the why or why nots through small talk. Pure Dionysus. Almost every waking moment these imaginary beings, drawn so amazingly, live lives of eating or fucking of some sort. It's fucking hilarious. I'm thankful for the laughs I had while reading this. Summarizing these comics, summarizing, these comics relate to the doodles children do of violence and sex. They are drawings of violence and sex. They celebrate them imaginatively, and we should celebrate this. In Prison Pit, does it matter what Cannibal Fuckface does or where he ends up? No. There is this new thing he will have a cool battle with. With Blubber, will the Kekepi save the day and suck and fuck everyone? Will the lose kill or be killed? Who cares? These cool images, drawings of sex are fun and funny to look at. But with Hernandez, the pummeling repetition eventually takes you to a weird and unsettling place. Ryan takes us to a sad, ruinous place where life is slowly wiped out and then completely wiped out. It is a churning void of violence and nihilism, but there were good battles and kills along the way. Read these books.